I'm Josh Buckhalter. Follow me on Twitter at Josh G. Buck. Hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports, the website, ClockerSports.com, and the email address is ClockerSports at gmail.com. Excited week of NFL action just wrapped up. Monday Night Football, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got a much greater than expected fight from the New York Giants. Um, they did end up pulling away in that game, coming away with a 25-23 victory, but like I said, 25-23, two points is not the margin. I think the spread was 12 and a half, so... Um, seeing the the Giants only lose by two is quite impressive. New York's defense has been, I think, better than than even I I thought, and I thought they would be better than advertised. Um, they play not great. It, it's really weird. They just they kind of muck it up so that you know you don't really have a, a very clean game. They were in Tom Brady's face uh, all game, and you kind of worry uh, if you're a Bucks fan, you have to wonder about the protection that Brady has because a few times you've seen him get knocked around behind. Uh, not very great offensive lines. Now, granted, the Giants are able to march down the field and get some scores against this defense that are pretty atypical, but you still are kind of surprised to see uh, what what goes on um, when that defense is, when that, I'm sorry, when that offensive line is faced with some kind of uh, uh, stringent pressure. So, um, other action going around the league, we already talked about on the last episode, the Falcons coming away with a victory over the Panthers 25-17. In other news, you had the Buffalo Bills down in the Patriots, 24-21. Um, we'll get into the, and we'll get into some of these games as we'll talk about uh, some of the moves here. But you also have the Dolphins stunning the Rams, 27. I'm sorry, 28-17 as Tua Valoa got his first win. Now he got his first win and he threw a touchdown, but he threw, um, but he didn't. He only threw for 93 yards. It wasn't a, a quarterback game. This was a defensive game. Jared Goff had four turnovers in the first half. It was just an ugly, ugly performance by the Rams as they just couldn't do this a week ago when they played the Bears on, on uh, in prime time. But whatever. Um, back to that Patriots Bills game, though. I do want to talk about that. Uh, this game, Cam Newton didn't throw a pick. He also didn't throw a touchdown, and worse yet, he lost the fumble, lost the game losing fumble. Um, it's, it's been rough for, for Cam. And listen, if you know me, you know that Cam is my favorite player. Um, he did rush for a touchdown, by the way. Uh, Cam has been my favorite player since he entered the league. And to see him go out like this is kind of sad. Now, granted, I feel like this is kind of two-pronged. I don't think he's helped himself at all. Um, we know that he draws attention to himself with the way he dresses. I don't really care about that, though. Uh, I feel like if you're going to do it, then you got to be able to take the criticism. He hasn't always done that, so... Uh, that needs to be better, but it's been, it's been better this year so far. We'll see how long that keeps up, but I'd rather see him just improve the play. And while I want to see that from him, I do want to point out that I'm not sure exactly what we expected of him with the surrounding cast that he has. Uh, this is the same team that we questioned around Tom Brady. Now, I'm not saying that Cam um, is a 40-something-year-old quarterback right now or, or moves like one even, even if he in his diminished state. He moves better than Tom Brady does. But you didn't improve it enough at all. You didn't improve it at all, but you didn't. De- you definitely didn't improve it enough to expect significant steps forward from a guy who is not as good of a quarterback. Listen, 
as much as Cam's my favorite, he's still not a, as good of a quarterback as Tom Brady. I can admit that. So if I can admit that, I'm pretty sure that the Patriots can admit that. And I don't know. Um, I don't know that they, that they really expected to uh, go into this and win much without putting much around him. You can't bring in a Cam Newton coming off of the injuries that he's come off of and expect him to carry this unit. I, you just can't. I, so um, maybe this is part of their plan to ultimately go down this path. They crack the top ten in the draft order, and we'll address that in a second um, at the midway point of the season. So who knows? There was a breakout game in this one, though, and there was Damian Harris. Not breakout, but another consistent game, Damian Harris. Uh, 16 carries, 102 yards, and a touchdown. He made the waiver wire list for Clocker Sports, so be sure to look out for that. That should be coming out sometime tomorrow morning. I believe it's 7 o'clock it drops. So, um, Damian Harris did make the list of running backs. So there's some there's some good, good, good backs on that list, and he's not even close to the best one. So, uh, just wanted to get that option out there. Um, the other one, the best one, did play in this game. That was Zach Moss. Uh, two touchdowns, 81 yards. Him and uh, Devin Singletary both got 14 carries, but Moss got the carries inside the 10, and that's what you want to pay attention to, and clearly the two touchdowns. You won't get that every game, but that's a good good, uh, good occurrence to have. The Pittsburgh Steelers took out the Baltimore Raven, Ravens 28-24. This was in Baltimore in a game that was ugly, and it ended up with Hollywood Brown taking to social media to complain about his role in the offense right now. Meanwhile, the Steelers are just finding ways to get it done. Um, ben Roethlisberger hasn't looked great. The offense hasn't looked great, but they just keep finding ways to get wins. And to be honest with you, when I look at it, I, I don't I don't necessarily see where a loss comes from. So let's say they're going to be Dallas. They're going to be Cincinnati. They're going to be Jacksonville. They get Baltimore in Week 12. Maybe Baltimore beats them. At, at, uh, but this is in Pittsburgh at that point. So, I mean, you could see it because this was a close game as it was. But then they take on Washington. Buffalo, does Buffalo beat them in Buffalo? Maybe. Maybe Buffalo comes away with one. So that's a second loss maybe I could see. Uh, week 16, they take on Indian, uh, Indianapolis. That's a, another possible one. And then Cleveland to wrap up the season. But if they don't lose to Buffalo or Indiana or Indianapolis, I'm not sure that I see them losing another game. Now, Granted, that's three losses I just told you potentially right there in Baltimore, Buffalo, and Indianapolis. Uh, but two of those games are at home. So there's a, 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 a legit shot, we'll call it a, a legitimate shot, that the Steelers go 16-0. There's a chance. I don't want to say legit. There's a chance. You, you know, you don't want to get uh, too far out, out over the skis there. Maybe once they get past week 12, I'll say legit shot. But... They have a chance. It's possible. It's very plausible that the Steelers can go 16-0. Now, health will have to uh, hold up. That's going to be key. It's been a very tricky thing this out throughout this entire offseason. They just uh, acquired middle linebacker, inside linebacker Avery Williamson from the Jets for a fifth-round pick and a day that really saw a lot of trades kick off. We'll talk about the rest of those and what might be on uh, the horizon. Maybe not necessarily this season before the deadline, but definitely in the offseason, something that could be coming up, some ideas that could be coming up. Um, continuing around the league, Titans fell to the Bengals, 31-20. Now, this is bad because the Titans have now lost two games in a row after they're having that game against the Steelers. They're going to come in against the Bears in Week 9 and just lay the wood. Derrick Henry's going to run for about 250. He's, he he might crack 200, 200 yards. And the Bears have a good run deep. I'm not even trying to down the run deep. It's, I just, I, oof, terrifying. But uh, 31-20. Joe Burrow is just the truth. I, I don't I don't know what else there is to say about the young man. 
Um, and Tennessee's defense isn't all that grand. Derrick Henry still had over 100 yards. It just wasn't enough. Tennessee's defense has been bad. They just traded for Kevin King. I'm sorry, Desmond King from the Los Angeles Chargers for a um, late-round pick. I want to say this one was also a fifth-round pick, a uh, sixth-round pick from the Titans to the Chargers in exchange for Desmond King. Uh, Kev- Chris Harris's arrival in Los Angeles made King expendable. The Chargers, with their record as it is, not competing for any type of postseason, are moving guys on those one-year deals, expiring contracts such as King, and he makes a perfect addition to, like I just said, a Tennessee defense that definitely could use some assistance in that uh, back end there. You have the Las Vegas Raiders, nailed it, taking down the Cleveland Browns 16-6. This one pissed me off because I was going to put some money on this one. Everywhere that I read was saying the Browns are going to cover, the Browns are going to cover. I don't know why I ever believed the Browns would do anything right. Um, Vegas, by the way, though, is having a hell of a run. Derek Carr having a career year, and they are quietly, I think, a piece away from making some serious noise in the AFC. Maybe they get that done uh, at the the deadline. That's a deal that we'll talk about here in a moment. The Jets fell to the Chiefs, 9-35. Nothing to see here. Moving along. Patrick Mahomes, though, did have himself a hell of a day throwing five touchdowns, 416 yards. So got to mention that. That that definitely occurred. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, six carries, seven yards. Uh, What? I know the Jets were focused on not letting him do anything. He did catch three passes for 31 yards as well. But I just, that is not the type of production you were expecting to see. Now, granted, they they smacked them anyway, but they were not. Uh, the Jets were not going to let Le'Veon Bell be the one to do it. So uh, that is what it is. That's just kind of how it goes. The Colts beat the Lions 41-21, and again, that I thought would be much closer. The Colts decided to play like they uh, are very much capable of. Phillip Rivers, 262 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Um, Jordan or Jonathan Wilkins stepped up for uh, – is it Jonathan or, or Jordan? Uh, Jordan Wilkins. I always want to – I always do that to his name. Jordan Wilkins uh, stepped up in, I don't want to say in place of, but in, in in the stead of one Jonathan Taylor as he's dealing with an ankle sprain, we found out after the fact, um, and had 80-some-odd yards, 89 yards on 20 carries and a touchdown against the Lions. Now, that's an interesting development because Taylor is selected in the first round but has not been a very uh, efficient runner these past few weeks here. So maybe there's something there that they can shake it up and get some more production out of that backfield because I know that that's what they want to do more. And if they can't, it's a big problem, especially with the way Rivers has been playing for most of the season. The Green Bay Packers fell to the Minnesota Vikings. That's right, the Vikings actually got revenge for their earlier season uh, loss. They won this one 28-22, but they still let Devontae Adams absolutely go nuts. Uh Three touchdowns. He had caught seven passes, only fifty-three yards, but three touchdowns on seven catches. That's that's pretty pretty good. Those are all three of Rodgers' touchdowns. Two hundred ninety-one yards for him. Jamal Williams, seventy-five yards on the ground. Um, Minnesota, you got one hundred sixty-three yards from Dalvin Cook and three touchdowns, and he caught another touchdown with two catches and sixty-three yards through the air. So Cook was the almost the well not almost he was the entire offense for the Minnesota Vikings as Devontae Adams was pretty much for the Green Bay Packers. This time, though, it just, the, the the Vikings came out victorious. This is something I hope they're, maybe, I gotta go back and watch this film, and, and hopefully the Bears are doing so as well, because I don't know how they managed to pull this off, because the Vikings have looked dead in the water 
for most of the season, but they've shown some life here and have shown shown that's probably the best game that they could do it, right? That's the best spot for them to pop back up is against Green Bay. They they needed that more than anything in the world. So um, I still think that they're toast, but it was a good win. I hope it probably saved Mike Zimmer's job. I don't know. Packers are a better team, so I don't know. But it, it, it gave him uh, a little more leeway in what has been a really dismal, dismal season. The Denver Broncos needed the last second touchdown, but they did get it and overcame the uh, Los Angeles Chargers 31-30. to Drew Locke made the waiver wire as well uh, in this one. was pretty bad. He's been shaking off some rust, but he ended up finishing with uh, 248 yards, three touchdowns, and one pick. He also ran two times, but that was just one negative yards, negative one yard. So not, not good stuff there. Uh, Philip Lindsay, six carries, 83 yards, and a touchdown in his, in his return. And on the other end, you had Justin Jackson running for 89 yards and 70 carries. Mike Williams, 99 yards and a touchdown on five receptions. And Keenan Allen catching nine passes, 67 yards and a touchdown. As Justin Herbert threw three touchdowns and two picks. He's got to stop with the turnovers. Uh, it was it was, it was was an all-shucks thing in the beginning because it was kind of hard luck. They kept losing by turnover. But when you keep contributing to it yourself, I mean, there's only so much that you can uh, be excused for. The Chicago Bears have fallen to 5-3 and three after losing to the New Orleans Saints 26-23 in a game that felt very much like their loss to the Indianapolis Colts a few weeks ago where they were right there and then let them kind of uh, break away from them. It, it, when the Bears have played good lines, good offensive lines, they have struggled. They were pretty okay. They did okay against the, the Bucks, who don't have a good offensive line themselves because they could generate pressure and, and kind of create some havoc kind of level the playing field, but when these teams can protect the quarterback, the Bears are in trouble. Um, they don't have a, uh, an exotic way to break your, your protection scheme down if you uh, block up their, their four guys rushing. And then they, if they do do it, it's very late in the game, it's too late, and they're probably going to blow it because they haven't been doing it a lot throughout the rest of the season. So um, That being said, a lot of their, their timidness, their timid nature is due to the offense not being able to make up ground. So I don't necessarily fault them for it. I'm just calling it as I see it. The New Orleans Saints, though, uh, racked up a hell of a amount of yardage with Alvin Kamara as he came away with uh, 150, 63 yards combined on 21 touches. Um, backs have been problems for the Bears. This was both running and through the air. The running, not so much, but the air was just deadly. He was It's Alvin Kamara, so you kind of have to take the uh, weighted a little bit for the Bears. But I, I, mm. We also got to see the Darnell Mooney quote-unquote breakout game as he caught five passes for 69 yards and one touchdown, though he was somewhat overshadowed by uh, both teammates. Uh, Allen Robinson with six catches, 87 yards and a touchdown, and Anthony Miller, eight catches for 73 yards. Still, Darnell Mooney got to connect with Nick Foles on a deep 50-yard pass that I think we'd all been waiting to see for most of the season. The Seattle Seahawks beat up on a already beat up and got further beat up 49ers team, 37-27 for the Seahawks in this one. The Niners lost George Kittle and Jimmy Garoppolo for an extended period of time. Um, it's going to be rough in San Francisco. They've, they traded away Quan Alexander to the uh, New Orleans Saints in a move that actually works out for the 49ers because they get $12.5 million plus each of the next two seasons off the books in exchange for Kiko Alonso and a conditional fifth-round pick. This is an interesting tidbit for Kiko Alonso. Uh, he's been traded four times, this per Field Yates of ESPN, four times for Kiko Alonso. He's been traded from Buffalo to Philadelphia for LaShawn McCoy, from Philadelphia to Miami for draft picks, from Miami to New Orleans for Vince Beigel, 
and from New Orleans to San Francisco for Quan Alexander. Hashtag Tobias Harris. Uh, first of all, those that first trade and that last trade are pretty solid. I, if I am one uh, Kiko Alonso, who was a, a wanted, a sought-after commodity in his own right, uh, relatively, you know, in his hay, that's a good haul. You're getting back guys who Kiko Alonso, or I'm sorry, Paul Alexander started five games this year. You know, back in the day, Sean McCoy was one of the best backs in the league. I, so that's 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 a solid. You're you're good fodder, man. Kiko Alonso, that's an accomplishment. It has to be, it has to be, in this especially in this day and age. I don't I don't know how it can't be. The Dallas Cowboys lost nine to twenty three to the Philadelphia Eagles. This one, it's not even really worth discussing. Ben DiNucci got his first start. Uh, he struggled mightily, Compe- completing twenty one to forty pass for one hundred eighty yards, no touchdowns, no picks though. Uh, so that was nice. But it's just a struggle for Dallas right now. And the Eagles, as much as Carson Wentz struggled, because he threw two touchdowns, two picks uh, in addition to his two touchdowns as well, they just have the talent. And it's funny that you, you don't see too many teams who are uh, healthier. Too many times the Eagles are healthier than their opponent. But this is definitely one of them, especially when one of the key or one of the injuries for the opponent is at the quarterback position. So um, not surprising. Dallas is in for a long year. A long year. We touched on a little bit. Um, during that rundown, the trade season is upon us. You got the 49ers and Quan Alexander to the Saints with Kiko in the fifth round pick. Charters Desmond King to the Titans for the sixth round pick. Due to Chris Williams' arrival, Chris Harris's arrival, excuse me, uh, Avery Williamson goes to the Jets for a fifth round, from the Jets to the Steelers for a fifth round pick. And the Seahawks get Carlos Dunlap for BJ Finney and a seventh round pick from the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Lions also got Everson Griffin for a sixth round pick. And we can't forget Yannick Ngakwe going for conditional third and a conditional fifth from the Vikings to the Ravens. I have a couple other ideas. Uh, one, maybe you could see it this season, and the other one you'd probably have to wait to the next season, to the offseason, to uh, see it happen. But Julio Jones going to the Ravens. I touched on this a couple episodes ago, um, and I still got to work out the logistics. I'll be, I'll be honest with you, but we know that you can work around most cap situations um, with some creativity in the NFL if you really want to. And I think that the, you could do it, and I just think that this would be something that would put them over the top. Now, maybe you go cheaper, and maybe they try to get like an A.J. Green out of Cincinnati, but Julio would be great. Granted, he and Matt Ryan have both said that they don't want to be traded, but we know how that goes, especially if they keep if they start losing games again. Uh, they could be in some, some serious trouble as far as that goes. Speaking of Matt Ryan, though, what about, and this one probably has to look at the offseason, but what about, Hear me out. Matt Ryan to the Patriots. He's a Boston College guy, right? Went to BC. The Patriots are definitely a team. Bill Bill Belichick in particular at at, at the home is definitely a pro-style, drop-back passer type of system team franchise deal, right? You know, Cam, that's not, I mean, it's not a good fit. I liked it. It's not a good fit. Or it hasn't been, it hasn't been a great fit. How about that? I think Matt Ryan's a better fit. How about that even, even still? Matt Ryan and the Patriots will give both of them uh, what they seek most. Bill would get a couple more years to, to try to prove that it's his system and not necessarily Brady. Matt Ryan can finally try to exercise some of those demons with the playoffs and, and the, 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 Blowing of, of leads and, and not performing great in big games. I, I would like to see that. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. We'll have some other 
uh, all-season ideas because I, I'm not sure that there's going to be too much more movement at the trade deadline. Now, I could, I'm probably wrong because I didn't see what we saw uh, today with King and Alexander happening either. But I don't see. I don't think we're going to see too much more with the way the cap situation is and the loss of revenue that's been experienced this season with no uh, no fans in the stands. So th- those are just two. And that's just Atlanta. And I, like I said, both of those guys have said they're not going to be. They don't want to be traded, but. Those are two good options that I think are out there for teams that they are really trying to find something to uh, put them over the top. Or in the case of Matt Ryan and the Patriots, uh, something to look forward to maybe this offseason. Taking an early peek at the draft class or the draft, the NFL draft, we can look at the top 10 that's been set now. Well, not set. It's not set. But as it sits now, as it stands right now, with the uh, Jets, Giants, and Jaguars sitting at one, two, and three. Though the obvious question here is, are we going to have QBs go one, two, three? I think if it's those three teams, it's almost a, a foregone conclusion. I'm not sure who Jacksonville is trying to trade back with to get them to come all the way up there for somebody that Jacksonville themselves wouldn't want. And the only person I'm seeing you coming up for to that spot in this draft is a quarterback. Uh, is Trey Lance worth that? I don't know. But I think that's what we end up seeing here. Because, again, I'm not sure that you see somebody. Nobody's trading up to three to take Jamar Chase. As much as I like Jamar Chase, I don't see him going third. That was the last one. Charles Rogers. Was Charles Rogers the last wide receiver to go three? I, you, I'm not seeing that coming here with uh, with Jamar Chase. Regardless of how talented I think he is, I just don't see that happen. So I think you can literally legitimately see QBs go one, two, three. And with that, I think you see both Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields in New York. Now, I know both of these teams recently took quarterbacks. Uh, Trevor, not Trevor Simeon. I always want to do that to him. Sam Darnold. It's the USC thing. Sam Darnold, Trevor Simeon went to Northwestern, by the way. <laughs> Sam Darnold, more so than than Daniel Jones you feel for, because Darnold seems like he's just been in... in no man's land out there with Adam Gase and stuff in, in the, the green and gold, or green and, and white. But Daniel Jones seems to want to put himself in harm's way by throwing picks and not protecting the football in general. Fumbles have been an issue for him. Some of the decisions have been bad. He cost his team a, 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 a shot at victory tonight uh, with a few of the picks that he made, a few of the bonehead decisions just trying to throw the ball instead of getting rid of it or dirting it even. And so... If these two teams wind up in the top of the draft, they're taking quarterbacks. There's no way. First of all, the Jets are taking Trevor Lawrence, number one, no matter what. Trevor Lawrence is going number one. But if the Giants get number two, and even if the Jaguars find their way there, it's probably going to be Justin Fields. The only question then is with, uh, with either... The Giants, with either the Giants, Jets, or Jaguars, wherever they are, you know, one of those three right now, at three... Do you see a quarterback go th- at third two? So one two, I, dude, I think we, I think we might see that. We might get one two three in quarterbacks this year, and it'll be a reach for I think Fields and uh and for for Lance. I like Justin Trevor Lawrence. I don't think he is a I don't know about number one overall, but I think that's what happens with guys like him. So he's he's going to be the number one overall. I think it's probably a reach for all three of them. But it's definitely, it's definitely a reach for Lance. Wherever you pick Lawrence, I would pick. I would feel very confident picking Fields a pick right, right behind him. I would. I personally would feel comfortable taking him 
ahead of him, ahead of Lawrence. But that's neither here nor there. Point being, if you take Lance at three, whoo, you better be convinced that he has it because that is a high, high pick uh, for somebody who only played one game of college football this year and didn't look all that great. Uh, but that leaves me with pick four in the Miami Dolphins. Does that mean we see Panay Sewell go to the Miami Dolphins? Now, granted, you could see him land in New York. He might go to Jacksonville if they, you know, if they're as if that's two and three. But if he falls to four, I think it'd be really cool to see him in Tua. And I know it's kind of cheesy, but the Samoan connection there is just something that I think would be really cool for a team like Miami that's trying to form their identity around a young charismatic quarterback that still needs help in a lot of places. Now, it's kind of a, uh, I don't want to necessarily say it's a throwaway pick, but the Atlanta Falcons here sitting at four, right? You're not, you're not taking a receiver. This draft is heavy receivers at the top. I don't think they're reaching for an offensive lineman yet. It's not far enough down. Micah Parsons, add to that defense. That could definitely use some bodies. They got Foyade Olukun, and he played pretty well. Deion Jones is my boy. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe you just, at at that point, I think you kind of have to. Maybe they try to trade down. Uh, Maybe they take Patrick Sertan in that spot. That would be nice. I, that that would be nice for them. Patrick Sertan. It's still kind of high. We're at five now. It's still kind of high, but I wouldn't. I, that's not that's not the worst pick. Now you get kind of interesting. You got Jerry Jones and the Cowboys who are sitting there at six. And the question I have here: Could Jerry Jones honestly pass on Jamar Chase if he was there? They've already got. Uh, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Michael Gallup. But they had Michael Gallup and, and Cooper when they took Lamb. Would they pass on Jamar Chase if he's available? Or would they just be too tempted to take him? I think, I, honestly, I think that's just probably too much. Too much of a good thing. I see them going either with Gregor Russo out of Miami or Patrick Sertan if he was to make it past Atlanta. Atlanta could also be looking at Russo, by the way. Um, but I, it's a, it's an interesting question. Could Jerry be tempted by the these the stature and and the athleticism of Jamar Chase? I don't know. Washington football team, Alex Leatherwood, tackle out of Alabama. Is that a is that an option? Is it? Is that what they want to do? I would imagine they have some issues. Trent Williams is gone. They're losing a couple of other linemen uh, this this off season. That could be the best option for them. At number eight, the Chargers, Dylan Moses. Now, granted, they already have um, Denzel Perryman. They are they just took Kenneth Murray. This is probably overkill. Dylan Moses is an inside linebacker. You'd be asking him to play outside next to those two guys. I wouldn't hate it, though. That'd be a nasty linebacking core. Caleb Farley, maybe, maybe, right? Big Virginia Tech corner. They just got rid of King. They could probably use some more bodies back there in the secondary. Stout defense. You could use some more protection on the back end, though. Or 
this could be the, the, the prime spot for a trade down here to end up with Creed Humphrey out of Alabama, the guard, or Samuel Cosme, the offensive tackle out of Texas. I can see either one of those moves being possible too as they try to uh, recoup some more picks because, again, Chargers have some older holes too. As well as we've, as exciting and entertaining as they've been, they're, they, they're not a good team right now. They're a couple pieces away from being a good team. So hopefully that can that can uh, come together for them really soon because I like what they're putting together there. The Vikings, they could be looking at Cosme or possibly Edge Richard Carlos Basham out of uh, Wake Forest because they just lost. They had to trade away Yannick Ngakwe. Um, who knows what Daniel Hunter's going to come back like. He's having next surgery. He should come back fine. But just in case, and you can never have too many pass rushes anyway, Basham, I think, is a good fit for the Vikings sitting right now at pick number nine. And then pick number ten, the Patriots, a, a place they haven't been in a decade plus, man. Yikes. Sitting there at pick number ten. And I think the perfect fit for them would be Kyle Pitts out of Florida. Um, he's a dynamic weapon at the tight end position. We know that if anybody can scheme the tight end open, it can be, it'll be uh, Bill Belichick and company. And so, uh, that, that, you know, you get the best head in the draft, pick 10. I think that's a, a solid move. Now, granted, they could go any number of ways, including trading down as they have, at the, as they are want to do, to do. But if they are just, if they stick put and, and want to get a top tier talent, I think that taking Kyle Pitts there, pick 10 would be a good move for them. Should they wind up there once it's all said and done. Uh, injury wrap-up real quick, just touch on we talked about Garoppolo Kittle. The Niners also lost Tevin Coleman, who, yes, was just making his return from injury. He went back out with a knee injury. Um, who knows when he'll be back out on the field. Ronnie Stanley, tackle for the Ravens, is out for the season. Um, also, check out for the Ravens injury report this coming week, Mark Ingram's status, because uh, Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins, who both made the waiver wire, that'll be out tomorrow morning, uh, will, will be out on Tuesday morning. Um, performed well in his absence as they concentrated that backfield a little bit. So if he's out again, those two could produce again and maybe even force Baltimore's hand to kind of just just run with those two uh, for the rest of the season. Vikings quarterback Cam Dantzler had a scary neck injury in the game versus the uh, Green Bay Packers. He was not moving. He was down. They had to stretcher him out, and I'm not even talking about the cart. I'm talking about hand stretcher him out, uh, rolled him off the field, and – uh, did get reports later on though that he had full range of motions in, in his extremity, so that's good to hear. Very scary hit, though. It was a very, very scary moment with him down in the field for quite some time, um, not moving at all. So I wouldn't even say in pain, just not moving. That's that's probably scarier than in pain. At least in pain, you know, they can, they can move their limbs. Um, and then lastly, we have a lost mind. Javon Wims of the Chicago Bears lost his damn mind chasing after Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, safety of the uh, New Orleans Saints. Reportedly, John, Gardner Johnson had spit on um, on Wims and was poking Anthony Miller in the face. That part is on video. But uh, snatched mouth guard, stole Wims' mouth guard. So Wims, being ever so of sound mind, decided to run up on Chauncey Gardner Johnson the next drive after that happened to Wims and try to punch Gardner Johnson uh, through his helmet. Listen. If you want to handle your business with another man, that's fine. If you got to square up, you got whatever. I'm not, whatever. Don't punch a helmet, bro. Don't punch a helmet. Not only did you cost the team 15 yards in a, in a very highly, tightly contested game, 
the very next play, uh, Nick falls through an interception, which is not Wims's fault, but, you know, just things kind of tend to snowball. But not only did you cost the team 15 yards, you cost yourself two games, and now you provided a distraction for the awful, awful nature of this offense still. They had some signs. There were some signs. But it wasn't great. And you provided them something else to talk about in lieu of that story. Thanks, Javon Williams. Thanks. We'll talk about the playoff picture on the next episode as we get uh, set for this weekend's slate of games with the Browns, Bengals, Eagles, and... Oh, who else is on a bye this week? There's one more team that is escaping me at the moment. But we'll get into the playoff picture on the next episode. So uh, be sure to check back in for that. Switching gears over to the NBA. A couple of quick stories that I'm keeping an eye on right now. Kelly Oubre has reportedly drawn the interest of the uh, Golden State Warriors. The Suns forward had a breakout or career resurgence. Is it? I don't know. Seemed to find his footing in Phoenix and could be of interest to several teams, including the uh, Golden State Warriors this offseason as they try to fill out their roster and make their second run uh, at a dynasty here in the 2020s. That's an interesting one. I like, I like Wave Poppy, man. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I like that move. I don't I don't see any downside. He, he can defend. He plays with great en- energy. He can shoot. He can handle the ball a little bit. I, yeah, I don't see any. That's a That's a... Stand outstanding move. That would be great. That would also be the rich getting richer, so I don't want to see it. But that would be great. We got to look at some more moves, too. Maybe we'll do that next episode as well. Maybe that'll be the next episode's theme is playoff picture, NBA, uh, uh, trade situations, or situations to monitor somewhere. I don't know. We'll workshop the title, I guess. But, uh, yeah, be, we'll be looking forward to that one. City Unis have been debuted around the NBA a couple of that stood out to me, Chicago, obviously, for obvious reasons. They did model this after the Chicago Theater. Very nice, classic-looking uh, jersey design. You had the uh, Golden State Warriors debuting their We Believe stylized Oakland jerseys, which are a very nice tribute to both the uh, We Believe Warriors and the new style and with the Oakland across the chest. It's all It all comes together uh, quite magnificently. Uh, there were good ones. There were some. There was some, some bad ones. I, I wasn't really a, uh, a big fan. I believe it was it the Nuggets. That one. That one wasn't great. <laughs> that one wasn't the the best one. But I mean, you know, they're not gonna all be great. The Bulls one kind of grew on me. I preferred last year's model, obviously. But the modeling it after the Chicago Theater sign is, that's 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 a winner to me. So I'm not I'm not mad at it. Mad at it at all. But. Uh, you know, city unis, this is how you know we're in the offseason, man. We're getting fired up about city uniforms. I do have a question about a current uh, conglomerate of, of NBA minds and talent in Philly. You got Daryl Morey, Elton Brand, and Doc Rivers, and then on the floor, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. There's no way this can work, is there? <laughs> like, there's, there is legitimately zero chance this is a success, this is a successful uh, grouping. No way. No way. It's not possible. You cannot convince me that these five people will all be together and this team will be successful. I don't see it happen. Period. In other staffing news, uh, Maurice Cheeks has joined the staff of Billy Donovan in Chicago. 
after spending the last five years with Donovan down in OKC, he returns to the same position here with the Bulls. I like it. Chicago guy, you know, um, I like it. I, long-term coaching experience and, and a, a former player, Hall of Famer, no less. So I, I'm all for it. If you can have a strong coaching staff, I don't see how that could ever be a deterrent or ever be a bad thing. It's always a positive. So, um, And then I'll leave you with this. There is still no set start date for the NBA season. And now the, the quote goes as follows. The NBA's plan to start the 2021 season, uh, this is from Yahoo Sports, the NBA's plan to start the 2021 season on December 22nd is growing less and less likely by the day. A faction of players, including some superstars, is pushing for the league to wait until Martin Luther King Day on January 18th to start the season, as first reported by Yahoo's Chris Haynes. The league, citing $500 million to $1 billion in potential losses, prefers to start early enough to get its traditional slate of Christmas Day games, but with, ne- with negotiations at an apparent stalemate, the league is pushing for a faster resolution. Adam Silver, quote, we're running out of time. Wow. So half a million to a billion, and you want these guys to come in and play for uh, off of less than two months rest. Unless you're going to bring in G-leaguers and expand the rosters and like all that stuff for the first couple of months, I don't see this being a viable solution. Maybe you come in before January. Maybe start on New Year's. It's like another week. I don't know. Two months is too short. Um, 22nd to the 18th is almost another month. They're not even asking for a lot of time, so I'm, I have a hard time saying disagreeing with what the players are asking for. Uh, but I'm also not surprised at all at what the league is asking for. So um, I think both are actually pretty reasonable, except for the league has the problem that they are asking these players to turn around and put more stress in their bodies after they just got done doing so uh, from their long hiatus and then getting back into full-blown action for several months. So I... You know, this is your talent. This is your this is your commodity. You have to you have to weigh the long term risks against the rewards of trying to make those few games up. Um, so we'll see what happens and what comes of it. But it doesn't look like we're anywhere closer to having a resolution to, to this situation than we were uh, yesterday. So keep an eye on that. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Triple Zeros, man. Be sure to follow on Twitter at Joshy Buck. Hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports website, ClockerSports.com. Email address, ClockerSports at gmail.com. Be sure to read the stuff. Last word on Pro Football just released the article. The Bears are running out of, they're out of excuses and are running out of time. Just talking about how we've seen the quarterback switches now. We've seen the system in place for years, but we keep hearing the same things, and it keeps it's the same things happening uh, week in and week out. What's going to change? How can you change it? Who knows? Um, we'll be we'll be we'll be doing a lot of that with the Bears, I think, coming up in the next few weeks here. So, um, last round, uh, pivotingeasy.com for the Bull stuff. Got to get going on a lot of the Bull stuff, man. With all season kicking up and speculation running rampant, we are we are still getting close to the NBA draft. So, um, I believe that's still set for November 18th, but maybe I'm off on that. I need to check that too. Yikes! Uh, but you know, we'll we'll get some of those stories as we have had some rumors of. of of prospects being associated with teams, and maybe that could work out for my Bulls. We'll see. Um, also, check out Last Order Pro Football, like I said, or Clocker Sports, like I said. The Also, check out Clocker Sports. The Waiver Wire article will be out uh, Tuesday afternoon. Be on the lookout for the betting primetime moneymakers article. Going to try and do one for the uh, non-primetime games as well. Maybe pick three or four of those and see how we're going to lay some money. And... Um, maybe do another early waiver wire on Sunday uh, evening before the night game starts to get some guys uh, on, your, 